ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome into Nosebleeds, WFUV's exclusive baseball podcast. I'm Andrew Galata here alongside Matty Bamonte and Brian Raybax. And guys, I I got, I got a little extra pep in my step for this one as a Mets fan here. Nine and three start. The Yankees have started six and five, but the story of New York so far in baseball has been the Mets. Nine and three start, one of the best records in baseball. And it's coming off of a doubleheader sweep of the San Francisco Giants, the same Giants that won five in a row coming into this series, 107 wins last year. Maddie, I'll start off with you. How you doing? Oh, I'm on top of the world. Like, this, this, to me, is the best start I could have asked for this year, especially after watching last season and kind of the dumpster fire that was going on with them in terms of hitting. It's like I'm looking at a whole new team. And it's not even like our breakouts like our stars are doing all of the heavy lifting you know Jacob deGrom's not there it's Tyler McGill it's Bassett it's you know Marte it's Carrasco it's everybody on the team shocking me this year and to me it's the best thing to watch as a Mets fan because all I'm used to is just seeing absolute you know garbage for the Mets especially at the plate I mean you know it's, it's something that I think this year I've loved to see the stars kind of come out and shine whether it be Alonzo who's I think has 14 RBIs early on this season. Lindor has been just awesome, especially yesterday. Marte has been great too. Mark Cannon before he went on the COVID IL has been uh, great as well. But we'll definitely get into to the Mets. Brian, I want to start off with, you know, going to you. I know Yankees not doing as good, but 6-5, and five, they're still over 500. Got the win yesterday, even though Garrett Cole looked a bit shaky. Well, yeah, first of all, it's great to hear you guys are doing so well with the Mets being <laughs> on top of the world and everything. But it hasn't been the worst of starts for the Yankees. I mean, I'm fine with what I've seen, and, I mean, it's early, so you do have that kind of cushion in it. But, you know, there are some things we'll get into later, things that haven't really gone their way, and certainly some major concerns that we can discuss. But for now, I can't complain, and, yeah, I'm I'm doing well with what I've seen. It is very early in the season. This is like, you know, you try to just – just bring yourself down because it's 12 games. you got to take everything with a pinch of exactly. salt. Exactly. Yeah. Even with the Mets, they've started out great, and you love what you've seen so far. But I, I always go back to last year with the Red Sox. They got swept by the Orioles in their opening series, and they end up going to the ALCL. So I, I definitely, if, you know, if you're any team, you'd like to get to the championship series. So, again, definitely if I'm a Mets fan, you temper your expectations just because you know. You saw last year you're on top of the world for four months in first place, and then just it all goes downhill really after the All-Star break. But – for the Mets right now, they put themselves on the map here in the past few days against the San Francisco Giants and in this doubleheader. And that's really what I want to at least start the recap when you're starting talking about the Mets because this game won yesterday was really, you know, an amazing game because the Mets, they go down 4-1. Tyler McGill, which, Maddie you talked about earlier, he's been great, but his stuff yesterday wasn't the best. He gave up four runs and six innings of work, which still isn't awful, but he put the Mets in a hole 4-1. But then you saw the comeback with just back-to-back doubles. I think it was McNeil, Lindor, McCann got into it as well, and they were able to tie that game. And then Lindor, he is the hero in this one in the 10th when he walked off 
it you know on a, a single I believe it was up the up the alley so you know definitely for him he's looked great he's got all the clutch hitting and for this Mets team especially yesterday you saw the clutch hitting in game one and you started to see this team have a bit of magic here early on in the season Oh, yeah. I think it's especially great to see Lindor and McNeil kind of bounce back after last season. I, I know, especially for me, watching McNeil really struggle at the plate was something I wasn't used to seeing. I, you know, was astounded with him when he had his first year as a Met. And then to see that second year just slump he goes through hitting along with him and a bunch of other Mets. It's good to see that he's back able to be hitting again. And Lindor as well, who really struggled in the second half of last season finally him hitting in the clutch again is to me most important it shows a better strength of confidence for him which I think I didn't see at first but to me it's great to see that you know I'm not I'm not too concerned with the McGill um struggling at the pitching I think for what he is so far he's done incredible (laughs) he honestly shocked me to hear that he was the opening day starter (laughs) when you have guys like Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer and you hear Tyler McGill is your opening day it it honestly was very jarring, but he's proved me wrong time and time again. And to see him in this is his second year with the Mets, right? Yeah, yeah. In incredible to see. And I, I think he leads this team and, you know, even with that rocky start, the hitting has been off the charts for them. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Mets, the biggest thing you have to look at is Lindor, because I think I think it's fair to say Lindor was the Met that kinda had the most pressure on him coming oh, yeah. into this mm-hmm. season. No doubt about that. This is his first year with a huge contract, and obviously last year did not go his way in his first year in a Mets uniform. But so far this year, I know it's, what, 12 games in, they're 9-3, and three, but he's he's looked great. He looks like the player that they acquired in the trade from Cleveland. So I think his if he steps up in that lineup, that lineup is going to be a dangerous force in the National League. And there's just a lot of things going right right now. Every every Mets fan has the reason to kind of be optimistic and be on top of the world. You know, we've seen we've seen the Mets get off to hot starts and you know they kind of fade out a little bit. But this team's kind of different because you know this team carried expectations coming into the season. This team expected to win, and so far they're doing just that. And they're and they're beating good teams too. I mean, I know we had a couple they had a couple <laughs> layup series against the Nationals and the Diamondbacks, and they lost the game there. But when you sweep a doubleheader against the San Francisco Giants, that's that's a big deal. So I think. With the Mets, they're showing that they can beat good teams, and they're showing that the weaknesses that they have they had last year, they're kind of turning things around this year. So I think there's a lot really to be excited about for the Mets. What I think I think is most important for this team and why this start I don't think is a mirage. I think this team is going to be good this season. I think they're going to flirt with you know a playoff appearance, you know NL East division champion as well. I think they're definitely going to flirt with that because you look at this lineup and the players that are contributing right now those are your guys it's Marte Lindor Alonzo McNeil Escobar those are the guys getting the big hits but last year it was all like the bench players the bench mob it was all these random people and you know that just doesn't last forever and it didn't and everything came crashing down DeGrom got hurt but this year DeGrom's still out this team started well and you see them just continue to you know pick up you know you see McGill start not so good offense picks him up when it's the other way around when the pitch or the hitting's not so good the pitching's able to step up and that's obviously your 12 games you know you obviously have a long long way to go but right now this team it's looking more complete and then even you know you, you look in the manager seat with Buck Showalter just the heads up nature of you know, what he brings you see these double switches that he did in yesterday's game bringing Nimmo into the game late in the first game in that win was able to get him to lead off 
uh, at second in that extra inning kind of weird runner on second so you have some speed there with him you saw on Sunday's game on Easter when he had J.D. Davis steal second on the appeal play like stuff like that like you didn't see that with Luis Rojas and Buck Showalter is really you know, done a good job with that. The one thing I also want to bring up from this doubleheader sweep was the bullpen because it was just awesome. I mean, you go with Diaz. May had the save in game two. Diaz was awesome in game one. You had Drew Smith, who's through a scoreless inning. Really, everyone did. I believe they went scoreless, the bullpen, in yesterday's doubleheader, which overall, it's been shaky early on. Seth Lugo has been shaky. Jolie Rodriguez has been shaky, obviously coming from across town with the Yankees. But you know, right now everything is looking good. And before we get into this game two with Max Scherzer, and I definitely want to get into him, it, game one was just a perfect team win. I completely agree. And I'm really glad you bring up the Buck Showalter, I think, revolution going on with the Mets, where last season we kind of lacked a strong direction. I feel like with the bench mob, you had such a young roster of players, and then you had a young manager trying to direct all of these players together. And to me, it, it wasn't working. Nobody really knew what they were doing. They weren't really confident in what they were doing. And now when we have a seasoned manager like Buck Showalter finally giving us direction, he's been such a strong, consistent, and that comes with making the lineups every single day. When you see the switches that he's been making at second base, you see the rotation of him, Cano, uh, McNeil, Giorme, you see all of those people constantly rotating, giving them rest, giving them the time they need. I think it's a really positive start for them versus having one guy consistently be there, burn out hitting, and then have to try and pick up the pieces again, which is not really off for the Mets. But with Buck, I think also he's been so strong with challenging constantly. I think he's been really confident with if he sees something that's yeah. wrong, he will be out there, the first person out there. And it's gone in his favor so many yeah. times that I feel like he just has to be lucky at this point. But Anyway, I appreciate it, especially with the one, you know, in game one that he had yeah. getting every like the double play beat out. So to me, it's really good to see that we have that leadership. And I think the players really recognize that, too. He said that the Mets challenge guy like that looks at the challenge is the best in the whole MLB. I was like, that's like really <laughs> shouting out that guy. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a huge thing. But also when you bring up the bullpen, definitely a widely different bullpen. I feel like the Mets bullpen is honestly my f- source of frustration every single year. As yeah, it is, I feel yeah. like for many teams, oh, yeah. their bullpen is the struggle. The only f- weak factor I consider now is Lugo, but he did have that elbow surgery last year yeah, offseason. So I'm not counting him out yet. I think it's just a rough start for him. But obviously because of the rotation, you know, Diaz, for me to say Diaz is doing good is such a like an amazing thing I really love the guy regardless of his abilities like when he came to the Mets I think the passion for him pitching like he's always willing to be out there improve get better and I think it's really translated and for this season to have the kind of year he's having so far it's all I could hope for with the bullpen and I can only hope that they can continue this trend of you know keeping the game low score, closing out the game strong. You know, that's all I want. Even more than anything else, a strong bullpen is what I need from yeah, the Mets. Yeah, and th- I mean, that's something we haven't seen from the Mets in a number of years, a strong mm-hmm. bullpen. And this and bullpen's also had its struggles early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, th- we're not going to forget the Phillies' loss, yeah, are we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that, I think that happens to every team, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you saw even, la- like, the Yankees' bullpen was, I mean, so good every year. We even saw, like, Chapman go through a tough stretch last year, too. So Already this season. <laughs> yeah, and then this, so it's like, 
you know, like even great, like bullpens are yeah. just the weirdest mm-hmm. thing in baseball, right. which is why I'm happy the Mets have good starting pitching because I never, I mean, it's also just like the PTSD of being a Mets fan oh, and seeing gosh. Jerry's Familia walk the bases loaded and lose a game. But, uh, you know, it, th- this bullpen, I, you look at the guys they have. Diaz, I'm a Diaz believer, have been really since 2020 when he brought the trumpets, uh, you know, walk-up song in. A- after that, he sold, he, I was sold on him. And Adovino's looked good as well. You know, a Yankees guy that's always I don't, I don't, I don't know about Adovino. I don't know if that's going to last. Well, you know what's funny is all these pitchers, because he's really, you know, fastball, slider. Like, all those types of yeah. guys, like Familia's fastball, sinker. Like, those guys, they're so up and down, because if that pitch is off, you're, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see how he kind of ends up. I think this team needs Lugo, to be honest, to be, I agree. you know, this team that is successful all year long. I think they definitely need to add one more piece. I'm already looking at Mark Melanson from the D-backs because they're not going to be anywhere near contending, and they don't need Melanson. So hopefully at the deadline, if the Mets are in it, I would love to go after Melanson. But that's the one area that you know is troubling for the Mets, and they were just great yesterday. It was you know six, seven innings scoreless, so that's obviously really good for them. Obviously, yeah. I mean, the bullpen is going to be a huge piece, and – yeah, if, if the whole pitching staff, given what we've seen this year, you know, the pitching staff, the starting pitching, if the bullpen can really support that as best they can, there's really, the sky's kind of the limit for the Mets. And it's just really, really compelling to see what they've done this season without Jacob deGrom. Because that, that was my big concern coming into the year, you know. How is the whole pitching staff going to fare off without Jacob deGrom? How is this going to affect the team? Can the Mets compete with the Braves? Yada, yada, yada. And yeah, so far they've done just that. So a lot to really look at. And and yeah, you mentioned once again, game one, the bullpen was terrific. And if the bullpen can give you that, yeah, this Mets seem to be dangerous. That's, you know, the, the biggest part is, and and like the Mets, and I'll say it now, like I've never seen a Mets team that's like good for a full season, has three parts that are good. Oh, yeah. it, it's crazy because 2015, everyone's like, oh, we made the World Series. But the team wasn't really good until April or until August. So, you know, it's I've never seen a Mets team be good from April to October which, you know, we'll see kind of what happens. But I want to get into game two before we move over to the Yankees, and I want to talk about Max Scherzer exclusively because this guy, I'm so happy he's a New York Met. I still can't believe it. I see him pitching on the mound and pacing around like he does. As He's just such a gamer. He's an amazing competitor. What he did last night, I mean, he takes a no-hitter into the sixth, and he definitely looks a bit shaky in that sixth, gives up a hit, gives up a run as well after a few walks. Then he's like, no, I don't want to finish on that. I want to go back out for the seventh. I think he had like 95 pitches, something like that. And I I want to finish on a positive note. He goes out there, goes one, two, three, strikes out the final batter of the day to get his 10th strikeout of the night. And what a city field debut for Max Scherzer. Mad Max, I mean, I, I still can't believe he's a New York Met. And this was a vintage start from him. And when you compare him with DeGrom probably going to go before him. And then you have Chris Bassett, who's been money in his own right after him. I mean, it's going to be fun. And I, I just feel so bad for the other hitters that have to go up. <laughs> if, if you play a three-game series later in the season, you have DeGrom, you have to face DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett. It's like good luck. Yeah, exactly. And I think seeing Max Scherzer last night in that start was, to me, the best thing in the world because – his first start for the Mets that he had on that away game was not really the best of Max Scherzer yeah. that I had seen, and I was a little bit concerned at first with the hamstring, like, you know, if this is going to be an issue prolonged, like DeGrom's issues are, what are we going to have to do to make that up? This starting six was absolutely incredible. It's exactly what I expected from Max Scherzer, and I knew when I saw him warming up in, you know, 
prior to the game and him screaming when he has the pitches off, I was like, this is it. He's going to have the, one of the best starts for the Mets at home today. And and I was I knew it struck 10 over 7. Like, to have a double, you know, strikeout in his first game to me. I, there's nothing I can even say about Max Scherzer other than I'm just shocked that he's here. I'm glad that he's here. And I'm glad that he's doing good even with his injury. and But the thing with Max Scherzer for me an injury is that's not in his nah, vocabulary. He's like, fine. <laughs> he will literally pitch through anything and just say that he can do it. And, you know, going forward, you know, we had such a strong bullpen. You know, Drew Smith also has very much shocked yeah, shout me. shout out Drew Smith. Shout out Drew Smith because he was somebody I wasn't very much impressed with in his, like, past season. He wasn't doing anything for me, especially with Trevor May as well, who is the source of my dad's frustration on the Mets. <laughs> Not a Trevor May fan. And I, I was, love Trevor May, we'll say. I love him. And, you know, it, it's really like a shame because I don't think he was doing his best either last year. And I'm hoping that this year he really kind of like fine tunes anything that he can get. But honestly, pitching for the Mets was just a joy to watch, really, especially when you have that second game of a doubleheader you don't expect the Mets to win it traditionally <laughs> especially I, against the Giants especially I mean. against the Giants I did not expect the Mets to take both and pitching was just stellar for me well the Mets brought in Max Scherzer to be the game changer and that's exactly what he what he's been so far this guy this guy is in his late 30s and he's still he's still a gamer he's a trooper and he'll give you everything that he has on the mound and really he's just the total package I mean you know so far this season we've seen a lot of pitchers you know not really going deep into games not really doing a whole lot because of short and spring. Max Scherzer doesn't care about he that. He was the first pitcher to go over 100 pitcher, pitches this season, <laughs> right. which I think and, is crazy. Yeah. To... And right, wasn't he, wasn't he throwing six innings in, in spring training games? Yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy what this guy is. He's like a he's a machine. He's not not human. So and, and he's pitching so well, too. I mean, he's won three games already, and, you know, he's racking up a ton of strikeouts, especially last night, going deep into games. So he's really making this loss of DeGrom n- not even be really significant at all. So... I mean, last night was really something special with what he did, especially in his first start at home. And Max Scherzer, he's going to, he has the potential to be a game changer. And he's really given Mets fans a lot of hope for how the season's going to go, and rightfully so. It's crazy with Scherzer. He's now won 13 straight starts. So he's won 13 straight decisions. No, no decisions, just 13 and no, which in today's MLB is just. Doesn't happen. It's yeah. nuts because you have pitchers going five innings and a lot of no decisions. Not with Scherzer. And when you go seven innings, and this offense was able to help him out enough. Obviously, you only need one run. He got three uh, from the Mets offense, and that was enough. And the thing I will say with Scherzer, I guess some inside baseball was that, you know, when I was covering the Mets over the weekend, he obviously wasn't pitching. And it was after the Saturday game, and he was in, in the tunnel. We were waiting to go into the clubhouse, and he was just out with his kids, like, you know, great dad with his wife and having a great time. And then you see him in the bullpen, and he's like screaming at himself on the mound. He's like, this is a completely different person. And, uh, you know, for him to take the mound and for it's just it's so to have that personality. It's because it's that's not Degrom either. Degrom's more go with the flow. Like I feel like he'll strike out twelve and just like shrug his shoulders, like whatever. Scherzer is just like walking around the mound pacing. They don't call him Mad Max for nothing. And you know what what this rotation could be. We're seeing it early on this season, but when Degrom comes back, if Degrom comes back, I mean. It's going to just, in October, obviously it's so far away, but that's why you construct a rotation like this. And even for now, this team also has the depth in the rotation too. David Peterson on Easter pitched great, 
and Tyler McGill, we talked about how good he's been. And the Mets really go seven deep in the rotation, which not a lot of teams do with injuries. We know the Mets have to. But, uh, you know, this starting pitching, starting with Max Scherzer and Chris Bassey, will go tonight on the mound. We're recording this on Wednesday uh, afternoon. So Bassett will pitch tonight. So between those two, they've just been so awesome. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned death and all that. The real key thing, I think, going forward for the Mets is going to be health. Oh, and yeah. that's yeah. that's the thing that always has to be in the back of. If Scherzer every and Mets Degrom aren't healthy, mind. they're not doing anything. Exactly this year. Yeah. right, because so. that's who you, it's who you're building your team and you're starting rotation around. I mean, it's all it's always been about health. We saw it last year. We saw you know the team kind of just it gave out eventually. And injuries they've always just it's always just been the nagging killer for the Mets in you know recent years. So that's going to be the big thing. But I mean, if this team stays healthy, they definitely could make a run. But they also got to look out for the Braves. I mean. They're six and seven, but they're probably not gonna. They're gonna. I mean, they're gonna pick it up. It's thirteen games. It's right. Yeah. You got to take the, everything with a pinch of salt, obviously. But with the what the Mets have done so far, this is kind of what everyone expected coming into the season, and the Mets are giving everyone exactly what you know they were talked up to be so far. So it's been a great ride so far, but it's all gonna be about health and if if this starts sustainable, given the Mets' history with injuries and you know. Are they are they going to stay on the field and are they going to keep producing? That's my question. Yeah, I think the thing with the Braves too is they were real. I don't even say dark horse because you know the Braves are a pretty good. Braves lock, are always good, but they were not like <laughs> not that year, World though, yeah. Series like winning team. Right, they in won eighty seven games until Jorge Soler and <laughs> Eddie Rosario was his name. Eddie yeah. Rosario, they Adam just, Duvall. Like, yeah, they become like Babe Ruth in the playoffs. <laughs> so, so I think like longevity for the Mets is is definitely most important, and I think honestly kind of the rotations that we've been seeing also just hitting wise have been interesting to me I think the biggest thing for them right now is that DH spot and kind of the difficulty in slotting either Pete Alonso in there constantly or you have that Dom Smith replacement and I know Pete Alonso came out and said he was like you know if I could play first base every day I would and I'm like not really like he's a funny guy he's so he's so funny and I'm I'm glad though that he has not put too much of a fight up with show Walter yet I'm he said I trust Buck Whatever I trust Buck, Buck does, yeah you know, so. because it right now I know Alonzo DH'd for game two and you know we see Dom kind of in limbo for me right now and yeah. what he's going to play and what he's going to do because his hitting is not up there yet I would say but that's again we're like nine and three it's not that big of a deal yet but you know when you have so many people able to slide into that dh into that first base spot now it's like i feel pretty good going into this season versus before i feel like you know we're lacking all of those people to play because of covid because of everything going on that finally the mets are going to be able to go through at least i hope partially a season without (laughs) pulling up a giant bench mob again yeah I mean it's gonna be interesting like with Dom he hasn't started well but he doesn't have that you know every day he's not hitting every day and I think he's a rhythm type hitter I mean he's an interesting guy I mean I I do think this Mets DH bot is huge because you can play Cano you can play Dom you can play Guillaume and put him in the field and DH someone else and I, I think that flexibility and Buck's done a really good job of it he's handled it well and that's something I think it's going to be very very you know, important as season goes on. We'll see what the Mets kind of do the rest of this series. Next week can be a lot different podcast if they lose, you know, a few <laughs> games here against the Giants. We then never know. It's baseball. Like, yeah. It's 12 games in the season. That's why I don't want to overhype this because it was, it's was. it been a great start. Nine and three has been amazing. Scherzer's looked great. But a lot of things could happen. There's, you know, 150 games remaining. 
for the Mets and for the Yankees, 151. So, you know, definitely so much baseball left to play. But I, I want to close the Mets discussion here, move over to the Yankees, which their start of the season hasn't been as exciting as the Mets, but this team's still over 500, which the way Yankee fans talk about this team, you think you they think were 3-9. and nine. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But they are over 500. They won a game against the Tigers yesterday, and, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about Garrett Cole, and obviously he did not pitch well, didn't get out of the second inning. But to win that game, I think, shows a lot about this Yankees team, oh, yeah. is that when you're ace, you know, you're expecting him to go six innings, probably give up only one or no runs when he only gives you, you know, one and two thirds, walks five guys, gives up two runs. You're expecting to probably lose that game, but this Yankees team comes back and is able to fight through it. Yeah, I mean, I thought yesterday was look it was set up to be a weird a weird kind of day, you know. It looked freezing in Detroit <laughs> and the pitchers were really struggling early and then obviously Cole gets knocked out in the second inning. That's that's a problem in and of itself, but I the real positive was how the bullpen really controlled the rest of the game. I mean Clark Schmidt stepping up, going yeah. three and a third, keeping the Tigers off the scoreboard, that was really impressive. And then once you turn it to your other guys that can really get it done, you know, Wandy Peralta, he got the job done. Clay Holmes has been terrific. And then, you know, Miguel Castro has been kind of up and down, but... You know, so, so I call him uh, Edwin Diaz light. So you'll yeah. get you'll get everything. I mean, he's got he's got a zero in, <laughs> he's got a zero in the ERA, but I mean, he's had some trouble th- getting in the strike zone sometimes. Yeah, that and you know, he's been picked up by some guys. And then Chapman coming in, shutting the door. I mean, it's always always good to see him not struggle because you know he's had some issues so far. But yeah, the bullpen's really really picked him up. And I mean, I guess if you're gonna take a positive from yesterday, bullpen looked great, and they've really looked great all season. Oh, yeah, especially when you have those bloop starts from Garrett Cole, which honestly, I don't know how worried Yankees fans should be about this, considering I feel like this downhill slope has been going about since about like June of last year when the crackdown started. I don't want to like I don't want to like assume, but oh, he like, was using sticky stuff. He was using this. sticky stuff. And, you know, obviously the weather is not ideal right now. And, you know, that plays a huge factor in it. But his sliding stats for me have been definitely a point of concern. It's good to see the Yankees bullpen actually, you know, standing strong, which I feel like is what's going to keep them afloat. But especially because Yankees hitters are not hitting early on in the game. They have been very weak in those first two innings. And it, they really rely on those last kind of inning pushes, which, you know, is good. But going forward I feel like the Yankees are just kind of slow right now it's it's just something that I think is going to improve with time but the Garrett Cole start with what one and two-thirds of an one inning two-thirds yeah five he walked, walks, walked right? five batters uh, and, not, it's, not and it's the Tigers which I think just makes it a little bit worse honestly but it's honestly I I don't know how to be concerned or long going forward what the issue with Garrett Cole will be. Here's what I will say about Garrett Cole. I mean, listen, I I personally don't think that he's a concern. I I don't think so. I I know what this guy's resume is. I know what he's capable of. And you know, you mentioned sticky stuff, post sticky stuff. I saw some starts post sticky stuff where no, he's he was, still a great pitcher. He's still yeah. a great pitcher. Exactly. So, I think this slow start to the season I'm not too worried about it, but I will, I will shed some light on the, on the criticisms, and I think they are, they are. I'm not saying they're not totally unjustified. I mean, I can see why someone would think that 
you know, oh, he gets, uh, he can't use sticky stuff anymore, and now all of a sudden he's sliding down. So I, I can kind of see where that's coming from. Again, I don't, I don't fall in line with that, but that's kind of what the narrative is, and it's up to Garrett Cole to kind of change the narrative. I mean, and especially after yesterday, I mean, you're not not doing yourself any favors, but. You know, you got knowing what this guy is capable of. He's not going to do this for the full season, and you know, all the last years he's been like top two, top three in Cy Young voting, and there's no reason for me to think that he won't do that again, regardless of the first three starts of the season. Because I mean, you can be listen, you can be upset with Garrett Cole's first three starts of the season. They haven't been good. I mean, the Red Sox start, he got off to a bad first inning, but then he settled in, but still not a good start. Blue Jays start, the the numbers don't look good, but. Come on. I mean, Vlad was hitting hitting a ball literally like at his fists into the left field bullpen. When did he pitch on, like, in that series? Was that what? It was the third he was the The Wednesday starter when they lost 6-4? Yes. Or? It okay. was yeah, it was a Wednesday game, yeah. Okay. And Vlad hit three home runs, uh, yeah. but yeah. I mean, yeah, he's so good too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have you have to watch his second home run to really yeah. it's yeah. unbelievable. So, I don't really, you know, harp on him for that and then obviously yesterday yesterday was bad. There's no doubt about that. Yesterday was bad getting an inning in two-thirds. You know, you can say cold weather and all that, but Clark Schmidt came in and pitched three and a third scoreless innings and had one walk and six strikeouts. So, really, are you going to use the cold weather as an excuse? I don't think you should. I think Garrett Cole, he's got to be better. And I think, yeah, the three starts, you know, he hasn't been good, but you can also look at these three starts, you know, think they're a problem and not overreact, which I think a lot of Yankee fans and a lot of people around baseball are doing. New York, New York baseball fans, I think, are known to overreact, yeah. especially this early. Just a little season. bit. Both ways. I mean, look, when these teams are doing great, oh, it's World Series or bust. When they're not doing great, it's you know we're not going to make. The, if you're the Yankees, we're not going to make the playoffs, and you know the Bronx is burning. But you know the the way I think you talk about Garrett Cole, it's like he's not. I don't think at that Degrom level. Or to me, Scherzer's level, which I, I know, like we're just talking about cross town, but that's who he's going to be compared to, just to where he pitches. I think for me, the the thing with Cole is he's still a phenomenal pitcher, and he'll probably be top ten in baseball. Is he worth that huge contract? I mean, you know, I, I think time will tell and see what the Yankees can do. Like for me, Cole, he's going to be an all star. He'll probably be up in the AL Cy Young voting. Like to me, the big thing is can he get it done in October? That's didn't him. didn't last year, but obviously it was only one game. Like I, I think that's his you know, biggest thing now is the sticky stuff. The reason he was getting into, I don't know. I mean, we'll just have to see, but he is still a phenomenal pitcher. I'm assuming that that 6.35 ERA right now is not, is going to go down and he'll be fine. But I don't think he was at the level where he was last year when it's, you know, he, people were comparing him right with DeGrom or, you know, right with a guy like Scherzer. So that's to me, I think where the, the Yankees are, but like, I'm just looking at the Yankee stats pages that he's leading the team in ERA right now at 6.35. Three five, which is something I think you could. Sh- I think it's a struggle when you're looking at this team starting pitching. The bullpen's been amazing. My worry is when we get to August, where is this bullpen going to be when it comes to um, you know innings and that type of stuff? Will they pitch too much? Now, I, I also probably it's. I'm assuming they're Cole's number one because of that. Uh, uh, you you have to hit the certain amount of innings to qualify. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think right now it's it, it is that's a bit of that starting pitching which worries me. For the Yankees, and then it's always been timely hitting. It's the same formula as last year. We'll kind of see to me if they can overcome that. Yeah, I think the hitting to me definitely has shown through a little bit. I think Joey Gallo is probably the most prominent example of the hitting failures currently with what he's like one for 20, 10 strikeouts in the previous like seven games. It's not looking up for him. And I honestly think this is just yet another New York curse type thing where I feel (laughs) like every time you get 
this big name person that comes to New York, you either get the really big highs or you get the really big lows. And I think for the Yankees, it's been some struggles with Joey Gallo. You know, last season, like, Honestly, he didn't really impress me that much either. And now, it's terrible with the Yankees. Uh, under this new hitting coach that they have, they're trying these different things, and he's obviously swinging way too much at the first pitch. It's honestly very reminiscent to me of what I saw with um, Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil last year in terms of that second half hitting, where I noticed there was a weird change in approach that they had, where they were swinging a lot more than they should have instead of actually reading the pitches. And I don't know if it's just... Gallo needs to really focus in if he needs a longer break to really just try and get his focus back in on what pitch is coming, what's my approach for this one. Because right now, it just seems like he's just out there, you know, trying to do what he can, and he's not really found a thing that's worked for him yet. I mean, I personally don't necessarily look too much into uh, April uh, That's hitting, yeah. hitting numbers. I mean, you know, you see guys get off to slow starts all the time, and, you know, they... They pick it up. Like, I think Freddie Freeman was hitting, like, 200 in April last year, and then he obviously picked it up. But, I mean, Joey Gallo... Joey Gallo needs to needs to get better. And he can't... You he can't, he can't, he can't hit 121 the whole season. Can't do that. And, I mean, he he has run into bad luck. But at the same time, if you're going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, there's no no really luck involved there. And that's what he, that's what he did last night. So, there's... there's the offense has hasn't really been going, especially in the series in Baltimore. I mean, yeah, that was the that was the yeah door. that that's where I think it was really the turning point with the fan base and oh the, yeah yeah I mean it's, you're scoring one run Friday night in extra innings and then getting shut out on Sunday to to Zimmerman on the was Orioles. that uh, also last year the that the Yankees didn't do as good as against the Orioles last year that's that was exactly, the same that's exactly right the Rays yeah. the Rays went eighteen and one against the Orioles yeah. last year and the Yankees were eleven and eight okay so yeah, there there, there's the difference right yeah. there and. It's all of a sudden deja vu. But, again, losing a series to the Orioles isn't necessarily a death sentence. I mean, you mentioned earlier the Red Sox got swept and went to the ALCS. And conveniently in 2019, the Yankees lost uh, two out of three to the Orioles in their first series and then won the last 16 games they played against them. So, again, got to give it some time here. I mean, a lot can change. A lot can go right. And a lot the offense, I'm not worried about the offense either because, again, I, I know it's not the not the popular thing to say, oh, well, these guys will be fine. But, well, I mean, look at the back of their resume. Look at look at guys like Josh Donaldson. Look at guys like Joey Gallo. Look at uh, Stanton and just know, know what they're capable of. And knowing what these guys have done in the past, it, it leads me to believe that they'll be fine and things will pick up. So I'm not worried about the offense despite the slow start. And, yeah, I'm not worried about the Yankees at all. Anyone saying the season's over after 11 <laughs> games is crazy. I think the Yankees will win this, you know, ninety plus or whatever, and like, and they'll be in position. I think it's a very similar team to last year. So I don't know. think I don't think so. The lineup, like, if you look at the opening day <laughs> lineup last year compared to this year, it's totally different. It's but it's the same cast. You're gonna have Judge Stanton. You have Donaldson. He's new, obviously. So but what? He's Judge a guy Stanton. That's... Judge Stanton are your guys. No, yeah, but you could just go down the lot. Torres is going to probably be a player. I mean, go. I mean, this is a very similar team. I mean, Higashioka instead of you know instead of Gary Gary, and then I mean. Kiner Falefa, I mean, is that the guy that you're gonna like gun ho about? Joey Gallo was there at the end of last year too. Hicks, he was there too. He wasn't hurt, right? He no, he was he was he got hurt in May. Oh, he, he got hurt in May. Okay, yeah. he's so, he's been a bright spot so yeah, far. Yeah, so is Lemayhu also. Oh, oh DJ's yeah. back. DJ's you know, back, which is huge for the Yankees. But like, the, the, like I think the thing is with them is can they do it in October? Like uh, this team is good too. I mean, this team is a great bullpen. The rotation's been solid. I think you know Cole 
but like to me it's, it's always the length i think with them and i and also maybe it's just as a mets fan where you see scherzer go seven you see Degrom usually go seven and maybe that's just kind of like biased and where you're watching starting pitchers every night go seven and then the yankees are just kind of around where the rest of the league is that could definitely be the case nestor cortez has been just been oh, awesome he's been spectacular he's been awesome so you know for the yankees it the big thing is it's going to be timely hitting, and then for me is the starting pitching going to be there when it counts. And, you know, I, I, that's, I think, going to be the big thing, and I may come on this podcast again and say that over and over again, but this Yankees team is good, and, and they're at the point where people are thinking they're not going to make the playoffs and that the season's over when they're 6-5. and five. I mean, they're in a fine spot. Yeah, I think the thing with the Yankees is they really only can go up. To me, they're, they're not really going to get any worse at this point. Like, I feel like this is just their trial period. And when you have, I feel like Josh Donaldson, like, for the weaknesses that he has, I don't think he's a bad addition at all. And I think he can really help down the line with the Yankees. I think him, Rizzo, you know, hopefully, like, an Aaron Judge step up can happen a little bit more. Uh, to me, longevity with them is not for me, the hugest issue in terms of, you know, fielding and hitting. I think, like you mentioned, the pitching is definitely the main concern. I think their bullpen, to me, has looked good. I usually feel the like... Yankees always it's, bring up... It's a good yeah. bullpen. It's, it's a, a very... Bullpen. It's probably the best... I would say top five. It's, yeah, it's up I would there. agree. And so I think for them, that's really what's going to carry them through the later months. It's too early, I think, to say with them, but for me... It, it's that starting pitching. If that gets under control, I think we're going to look at an entirely different Yankees team in a couple of weeks. But for now, I think the bullpen will do most of the heavy lifting, and oh, I feel like they're pretty they're pretty solid going. I don't think the starting pitching necessarily needs to get. I mean, other than Cole, I think the starting pitching has been fine for the most part. I mean, I I like what Severino's given them so far. I would Severi- agree with that. Severino pitched on Thursday against the Blue Jays and looked great. I mean, he walked a couple batters, he hit a guy, but. You know, kept the Blue Jays relatively off the scoreboard and, you know, just pitched great and struck out really good hitters, too. So if they can get a Severino that is even close to what he was in 2017, 2018, this rotation can be great as long as Garrett Cole gets better, which I'm sure he will. And then you're getting great starts from Nestor Cortez. I mean, striking out striking out a bunch of batters against the Orioles. I forget what the number was exactly, but he just had a great start on Sunday. And, you know, Tyone and Montgomery, they've they've been fine. They're not going to be dominant on the mound, but they are what they are. And, you know, they're going to give you more often than not quality starts. So I think the rotation is fine. Obviously, the big concern is Cole and what's Cole going to do. And obviously, we're going to get more of a more of an idea of what we're working with when pitchers can actually go deep into games, when, you know, the staff stops being a little too conservative with them with guys only going like four or five innings but that that'll that'll come so i think there's a lot a lot that still needs to be unpacked with the yankees we haven't even yeah. we haven't even touched the surface of what the season's going to be that's definitely for sure the yankees will be in detroit for the next two days before coming home for a homestand with the guardians and then the orioles will also come to the bronx after that the Mets have this two last two games of the series against the Giants before they go on the road to play the Diamondbacks over the weekend. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up the show. So for my partners, Maddie Bamonte and Brian Raybacks, I'm Andrew Galata saying enjoy some baseball and we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.